You're going to try to impress the advertising world with the fact that it needs your expert services. You walk into a business office in a Norfolk suit, and everybody from the office boy to the president of the company will ask you what your score is. She tossed it back over his arm. I'll wear the black and white, said Jock resignedly, and turned toward his own room. At his doorway, he paused and raised his voice slightly. For that matter, they're looking for young men. Everybody's young. Why, the biggest men in the advertising game are just kids. He disappeared within his room, still talking. Look at McQuirk, advertising manager of the Combs Car Company. He's so young he has to disguise himself in bone-trimmed eyeglasses with a black ribbon to get away with it. Look at Hopper of the Berg Schreiner Company. Pulls down 90000 a year, and if he's 35, I'll— Well, you asked my advice, interrupted his mother's voice, with that muffled effect which is caused by a skirt being slipped over the head. And I gave it. Wear a white duck sailor suit with blue anchors and carry a red tin pail and a shovel if you want to look young. Only get into it in a jiffy, son, because breakfast will be ready in ten minutes. I can tell by the way Annie's crashing the cups. So step lively if you want to pay your lovely mother's subway fare. Ten minutes later, the slim young figure, in its English-fitting black and white, sat opposite Emma McChesney at the breakfast table, and between excited gulps of coffee— outlined a meteoric career in his chosen field. And the more he talked and the rosier his figures of speech became, the more silent and thoughtful fell his mother. She wondered if five o'clock would find her droop to the set of those young shoulders, if the springy young legs in their absurdly scant modish trousers would have lost some of their elasticity, if the buoyant step in the flat-heeled shoes would not drag a little. Thirteen years of business experience had taught her to swallow smilingly the bitter pill of rebuff, but this boy was to experience his first dose today. She felt again that sensation of almost physical nausea, that sickness of heart and spirit which had come over her when she'd met her first sneer and intolerant shrug. It had been her maiden trip on the road for the T.A. Buck Featherloom Petticoat Company. She was secretary of that company now, and moving spirit in its policy. But the wound of that first insult still ached. A word from her would have placed the boy and saved him from curt refusals. She withheld that word. He must fight his fight alone. I want to write the kind of ad, Jock was saying excitedly, that you see him staring at in the subways and streetcars and L trains. I want to sit across the aisle and watch their upturned faces staring at that oblong and reading it aloud to each other. Isn't that an awfully obvious necktie you're wearing, Jock? inquired his mother irrelevantly. This? You ought to see some of them. This is a Quaker stock in comparison. He glanced down complacently at the vivid-hued silken scarf that the season's mode demanded. Immediately he was off again. And the first thing you know, Mrs. McChesney, ma'am, we'll have a motor truck backing up at the door once a month, and six strong men carrying my salary to the freight elevator in sacks. Emma McChesney buttered a bit of toast, then looked up to remark quietly, Hadn't you better qualify for the trial heats, Jock, before you jump into the finals? Trial heats, sneered Jock. They're pokey. I want real money, now. It isn't enough to be just well-to-do in these days. It needs money. I want to be rich. Not just prosperous, but rich. So rich that I can let the bath soap float around in the water without any pricks of conscience. So successful that they say, and he's a mere boy, too, imagine. And, Chuck, dear, Emma McChesney said, you've still to learn that plans and ambitions are like soap bubbles. The harder you blow and the more you inflate them, the quicker they burst. Plans and ambitions are things to be kept locked away in your heart, son, with no one but yourself to take an occasional peep at them.
Jock leaned over the table with his charming smile. You're a jealous blonde, he laughed, because I'm going to be a captain of finance, an advertising wizard. You're afraid I'll grab the glory all away from you. Mrs. McChesney folded her napkin and rose. She looked unbelievably young and trim and radiant to be the mother of this boasting boy. I'm not afraid, she drawled, a wicked little glint in her blue eyes. You see, they'll only regard your feats and say, hmm, no wonder. He ought to be able to sell ice to an Eskimo. His mother was Emma McChesney. And then, being a modern mother, she donned smart autumn hat and tailored suit coat and stood ready to reach her office by 9.30. But because she was as motherly as she was modern, she swung open the door between kitchen and dining room to advise with Annie, the adept. Lamb chops tonight, eh, Annie? And sweet potatoes? Jock loves them. And corn au gratin, some head lettuce. She glanced toward Jock in the hallway, then lowered her voice.